Um, and they are now the pastors at a church in Alice Ras. Um, Robbie is also the founder of Wow Ministries, Walking on Water Ministries, that is functioning in two different places. They feed hundreds of people every week. Hundreds of people every week. And this man, yeah, next to you, I've got so much honor and respect for him. This is this person that, that I know. There are other people that people might know, but the person that I know that functions and God uses in the supernatural more than anybody else. The way he functions, it's enviable. That's what the word blessed means. You know that the word blessed means happy, prosperous, and to be envied. Okay, It's enviable. Not that I'm jealous of him. I'm so happy and proud of him. And we've got two stories we want to tell. We're going to elaborate on that second story. You're going to elaborate on that a little bit more. I went to Brazil together, and we stayed in this certain pastor's house. Um, you don't push record yet, okay? And and we had to sleep in his daughter's room that just got married, and there were two single beds and a dog. (laughs) So guess what? The dog lost his bedroom. (laughs) I just kicked him out there and closed the door. (laughs) Keep the door closed. Um, And every afternoon we'd go pray. And, and, And this is not my prayer life that is so so spectacular it is his we would sit and go and pray and at about three o'clock we'd, we'd start praying and right then that girl would come home and she want to go into that room where we are something drew her that's like a bee to honey just drew her when we sat and prayed um it was it, if you if you didn't see it happening you wouldn't believe it was like clockwork She's got the whole day to go into her room, go into her cupboard. But the minute we start praying, Novel said, oh, Benavius, now she wants to be there. And um, it's just a testimony. Robbie gave lots and lots of testimonies um, that he shares. And the one, I was on holiday. We're going to expand on that a little bit, Charlene. And then we're going to pray for you guys. I was on holiday in Pretoria. Or, well, you know, I just visit up there. And Robbie phoned me. He says, listen, there's this mother that's, her daughter is locked up in a drug house. Can you come and help me? We're going to go fetch her. And it's like, have you seen this guy's guns? <laughs> have you seen his biceps? It's like, sure, let's go. <laughs> Ruby is the, and he's a boxer. He's like an ex-boxer. So yeah, I can rock slan. Eh? So it's not a problem. I got my fan belt in street fighting, but he's a boxer. Eh? <laughs> so we go to this house and it's it's... It's dilapidated, and it's the swimming pool is empty, and the grass is too tall. It's not mowed, and the mom is there, and there's a social worker there, and and we walk into this. We, we even don't know where to go. It's different entrances, and we go into this one bedroom um, or room. It's got an outside entrance on the second floor, and yes, this guy and this girl, and this girl is. What's happening is they. They're putting the, them on drugs. And I want to teach you, young ones, something from this. Not every guy you're going to meet has got good intentions. So what they're doing is they're putting them on drugs, and they're keeping them there. And then eventually, she starts paying with her body. But in the beginning, it's all an adventure. And she was studying at that time for a teacher. Hey? And a nice... Decent-looking young lady, nothing wrong with her, normal, average kid. But now, violent, screaming, cursing her mother, going off. So we did good cop, bad cop. Who do you think was the bad cop? Look at that. No, I wasn't the bad cop. I'm the bad cop. Look at him. He's, you walk in, he's the bad cop. I'm the good cop. He's, you know, the big oak is the, he's the bad cop. <laughs> so we go in and we play a bit of good cop, bad cop. Robbie, and um, I still remember sitting on the floor and trying to negotiate. She doesn't want to leave there. She wants to stay there because she's going to get a next fix. Now, I don't know what intimidated them so much. Was it the sheer size of Robert? 
and these Batman <laughs> or the Holy Spirit. But carry on, you tell that story part of a bit better. So, uh, can you hear me? So, uh, what we didn't know when we went to fetch this girl is that the guy who owns the house and he was there that day was a renowned drug dealer. And that people had been killed in that house. You know? So, this guy has got a few murders under his belt already. He was part of a, a, a very popular gang in Pretoria also. And um, he's a violent guy. He's a crazy guy. And, his bedroom, uh, sorry, his bedroom is all black. The bedding is black. The walls are black. The curtains are black. The windows are black. Out, that's his whole, that's his bedroom. And I'm, we're standing there trying to tell, hey man, tell this girl to go. I mean, never, no, the, the, the girl had been there for three weeks. The mother had reported it to the police. The police did nothing. So you know he's got the police in his pocket. And uh, as when we went in there, I'm sure it's the presence of the Lord. They just arrested this guy. This guy was as meek as so Moxus Alamarki. He just sat there. He didn't move a finger. He didn't budge. He didn't even, you know what? At, he could have just picked up his phone and called those guys, and they would have been there in no time. And there would have been big trouble, but it's like he was just arrested by the Holy Spirit. And he was powerless to do anything to stop us. It's like the, 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 the Lord's presence was just overwhelming. And uh, we, we, we just grabbed that girl and took her out of there. We kidnapped her. Yeah. Okay. So what happened is I built a little bit of rapport. And I said to her, please, let's go downstairs and you show me something and blah, blah, blah. And Robbie and myself were suddenly on the same wavelength. And you put her in the car. And I went around and I got the car and he just grabbed her and shoved her in the back seat. <laughs> Kicking and screaming, proper, proper. Lost my life. Manifesting, proper, proper. And then we drove her car to the church. We parked her car at the church and they drove her to a rehab center. And what's beautiful is the feedback that we got afterwards. Mm. A couple of months later, you phoned me and you told me just about her. Um, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, no, she, she was re rehabilitated, so she got off the drugs. Praise God for that. And then she was thankful to her mother. She spoke about it, and she, I think she even came to you guys and said thank you. The, yeah, the, the mother, yeah. The mother came, thank you, that we, we went in there, not knowing... We could have been killed. We're sitting there with like a mamba gangster. Like serious mamba gangster. When he told me the other night, I'm like, I went home, I was like, it's shocking. <laughs> it's shocking. So, and it was the presence of the Lord. So I want you to extend your honor to this man and his wife. She's been good to him. Um, you know, and I know, and listen, Robbie, I got a word from you for the, from the Lord while we were worshiping. The Lord says, you two are trusting me for something. Okay? And as I'm speaking now, and it's not something we taught not to do, okay? but God says, watch the space that's coming. Baba Sopat. Amen. Okay. Amen. Thank Baba Sopat. That's all I hear the Lord saying. I've got such an anointing right now. And I know how dangerous it is to say that. Mm. But I know that you guys are trusting the Lord. And the Lord showed me while we were worshiping. Okay. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Why don't you extend your hands Amen. and we pray for them. Father, we thank you so much for Robert and Charlene, for servants in your kingdom, Lord, that you would bless them and the anointing that's on their lives and the calling that's on their life and the territory that they are taking, Lord, territory where there's so much religion and, and dark arts, you sent this man and his wife. Lord, thank you that you protect them, provide them, and this morning we receive the gift that they are in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thanks, brother. You know, I totally received that word 
while we were in Brazil, there was this um, pastor. It's the funniest thing. It's a Japanese pastor in Brazil, married to a Brazilian woman. So the two sons are Japanese looking, and then the two daughter-in-laws are just, they look like sisters, but they're not. It's two different girls, but beautiful girls. And um, before we left uh, Brazil, I said to the, to the one couple, the son and uh, his wife, I said to them, you're gonna have a child. It's gonna be a boy, you're gonna have a child. No, it's gonna be a, a girl. You're going to have a child. And uh, it was three months later they sent me a message uh, they're expecting. And then later they sent me a message that uh, it is indeed a girl. And uh, the same with uh, someone in our previous congregation. Same thing. I just, you know, when you, I think we must just be obedient to these things because the word of the, the, the prophetic is still powerful. If we're just obedient uh, it's, a, it's a gift from the Holy Spirit. If he gives you a word of knowledge, just be obedient to share it, you know? I said to the girl also, I said to her, you're going to be a mommy and it's, it's going to be a boy. And uh, it happened. And at first she looked at me like, you know, and then three months later she said, you're right. And then it was also a boy. So definitely, you know, I know people say, you know, be careful to make people excited and then it doesn't happen but you know what that's why we have faith that's what faith is for i think one day when we get to heaven one of the questions god is going to ask us is what did you do with your faith i gave you faith which is a gift more precious than gold what did you do with it so i'd rather i'd rather trust god for miracles and for 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 healings and for uh, outrageous stuff and uh, rather be disappointed sometimes and say, it didn't work, Lord, why didn't it work? Then never, never trust God for anything. You know, it's, if you aim at the dirt, you're going to eat it every time. So, you know, faith, faith expects the unexpected. Faith expects the supernatural. And uh, you know what? We can tell you so many crazy, crazy testimonies uh, in Kenya, I took my wife on a mission to Kenya. It was crazy. We got our reward for going to Kenya was, was we got cholera. <laughs> we got cholera in a in a hotel room in Nairobi. We got cholera poisoning. Yes, we were sick. We thought we were going to die. Two two doses of antibiotics later, we were still sick, dehydrated. You know, you die from cholera. And um, one day we just laid on bed, and I just put my hand on her stomach, and she put her hand on my stomach, and we said, Lord, we, we're not going to trust in medicine anymore. We, we, we're just getting weaker. We're starting to get worried now. But we just believe by your stripes we yield. And that minute, that minute, the diarrhea stopped, and it, our appetites returned, and we could actually keep food in, and the Lord healed us. And, uh, but in Kenya, we were in a village, and I don't like to talk about this because I don't want every guy without toes or feet to come and ask me to pray for them because it was a miracle. It wasn't my doing. I don't have a ministry of toes, but there was a lady there. There was a lady there who only had a big, a big toe, a big toe and a second toe. And then the other three toes were off, so she didn't have toes. And we were having a prayer tunnel, and people were going through, and we were laying hands on people and praying for them. And when this, when this auntie got on the other side, and I looked at her, and I thought, what's happening? And I, I, I still said to the pastor that was translating, I said to him, listen, what's happening? Did it, that didn't have toes. What's going on now? And it was like, like little... Stompies, you know, it was it was coming out. It, it, there was suddenly there were some toes, and I was like, "What? What is this?" And now I'm I'm tripping. They fed me something. They fed me mushrooms or something. <laughs> I'm tripping, and uh, you know that lady went home, and two or three days later, the report came back that the toes had grown out fully, and they had she, she had new toes. So you know, when things like this happen, it kind of just makes you say. Nothing's impossible with God. And, uh, 
you know, that's why I, w I want to share on this today, because I believe many of the supernatural things that we are seeking, we find in the Word. And the more we study the Word, the more we will be able to function in the supernatural. Uh, we're supposed to be a supernatural. The church is supposed to function in the supernatural. And uh, I'm not talking about levitating and walking through walls and all those party tricks that the guys do. I, be I believe healing the sick, speaking into people's lives and seeing change come, uh, casting out devils, that kind of stuff. I believe we are God's answer to this broken world. You haven't just been saved to go to heaven one day. You've been saved to be an agent of change in this world. You were predestined to be born in a time such as this to show forth these good works. And to, to do that, you need faith. So let me share this with you. That couple there, that girl and guy, what's your name? Yeah. I just, I just uh, 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 hear the, the Holy Spirit saying, at the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. It's Isaiah 60, 22. All right, there's, there's, um, uh, you, you, you're getting frustrated about something that's not happening, and uh, you're trusting God for it, and uh, the Lord is saying, at the right time, I will make it happen. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to come, it's gonna, you're going you're gonna to see it, you're going to celebrate, you're, you're going you're gonna to glorify God about it, but it's going to come, when you let go and you just let God. Does that make sense to you? I hope so. Okay. Praise God. Right. We can, you can open your Bibles. I want to just speak about five things. And it's the five, well, there's more, but I just want to mention five supernatural qualities of the Word. The Word has got supernatural qualities. And I just want to mention five to you. The first one is, the Word of God is anointed. We have to understand this. this. It's not just the words of men. It was written over 1,500 years. There's over 40 authors, <coughs> but they were all inspired by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible the way we see it now. All right? The Holy Spirit is the one that that uh, chose people, and uh, there's a reason why all those things that were written in the Bible came to pass, the prophecies that came to pass in Jesus' life. It's over 300. Over 300 prophecies that were written in the Bible over a period of a 1,000 years came true in the life of Jesus. That, that makes it anointed. The Word of God is anointed. So if, you, if we talk about anointing and I want to I be anointed and I want to be used by God, start by really getting into the Word. And the anointing will be on your life because the Word is anointed. Okay? And the Holy Spirit is the one that, that, that wrote this Word. So when you, when you, when you partake of the Word, your, your, the, the Holy Spirit is there. Uh, so 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means even Leviticus, uh, you know, some people say you, you can't take a scripture like Jeremiah 29 and apply it to yourself because it was written for a certain people in a certain time. Okay, that's called hermeneutics. So you say, listen, it's not applicable to us anymore because it was written for the Israelites under a different covenant in a different time. But let me tell you that, and you're going to see it in the, in the next verse, that every word of God can be a seasonal word for you. You can read something in the Old Testament and it can jump out at you and it can become a rhema word in your heart. The Word of God is anointed. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. That means, it's, that means it's good for you. The Word of God is good for you. When I ask kids, 
How much time do you spend in the Word? They say, oh, no, I don't have time for that. You're lying. You're lying. No, but I'm so busy. No. No, you spend at least five hours on social media. You want to tell me you can't spend 20 minutes in the Bible? No, I don't believe that. You know? So uh, adults also, same thing. And I say to them, listen, just, just make an effort to spend time in the Bible because it's profitable for you. It's good for you. It's profitable for doctrine. Uh, that means some of the stuff that people are talking about now, if you spend time in your own Bible and you read it, they're not going to be able to fool you. Because there's stuff going on, there's heresies going on that's quite, quite bad. And people are starting to believe that stuff. I had a, a friend from school message me the other day. She said, listen, I've got two teenager daughters. And obviously, because of what's going on in our culture now, they are asking me, what, what sex is God? Is God male or female? Or what sex is God? How does it work? And she says, and I'm having difficulty answering them. And I thought, you, you're having difficulty answering them because you're not sticking to the word. If we just look at the word, it's, it's, it's very simple. We know God is spirit, and uh, spirit beings don't need sexual organs. All right? But the Bible says that Jesus is the express image of the Father. And Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. And he didn't say, Mommy, he said, Abba. And when he spoke about God the Father, he didn't spoke, speak about it, he spoke about ye. And when he spoke about the Holy Spirit, he didn't speak about her, he spoke about him. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes, ye will convince you of sin. And so it's, it's male. Why male? Why male? Because a father is a protector, a father is a provider, a father is a nurturer. Uh, all those qualities that God has uh, is what uh, um, Jesus was revealing to us also. So, you know, if you're, if you're someone that is a feminist or someone that doesn't like men for whatever reason, you're going to be offended and you're going to gnash your teeth and you're going to say, no, I don't believe that. Well, you know. If you spend enough time in the Word, it's going to open up to you. And it's, it's not a bad thing. But whenever God is mentioned, he's, he's called the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, 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 I just feel so blessed that I have a Heavenly Father. That I have a, a, a Heavenly Father. Someone that I can rely on to provide for me, to protect me. Someone that I know when He makes a promise, He's going to keep it. You know, and uh, it, it, we, should be, we should be happy about that. We should be blessed with that. And uh, God didn't need to procreate. You know what I mean? He was, he was he's, he's eternal. He's always been there. So he didn't need to procreate. He just, he, he designed us that way. And, uh, you know, so if you, don't, if you don't spend time in the Word... And kids come with questions like that. You're going to be like that friend of mine. You're going to be like, oof. And you're going to confuse yourself after a while, trying to answer them. So it's so important that the Word will help you to, uh, to help you with doctrine. It's uh, profitable for doctrine, for reproof. Reproof means to, 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 to train people, to educate people. For correction, the Word of God corrects us. I said in the first service, there's the permitted will of God and there's the perfect will of God. It's two different things. Sometimes Christians, because they don't read their Bibles, are still stuck in deliberate sin and deliberate things that they are doing. And it's not the will of God and things go wrong for them. And then they shake their fist at God and they blame God, but they're not in His will. They're outside of his will. He's permitting it because he loves them. He's permitting it because like a good father, he's being patient with them. But if they would just spend time in the word, God would correct them and tell them, hey, what you're doing is not right. Stop it. And eventually they would say, hey, wait a minute. 
I realize now the things I'm doing, it's out of line with God's will for my life. So it's good for correction. It's good for instruction in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. What's God's will for my life? Good works. It's simple. You know, I always say to the youth, I say to the kids, what's the golden rule? The golden rule, Matthew 7, 12. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You know, if you just do that, Jesus said you fulfill the law and the prophets. It means you're not going to sin. If you just do unto others as you would have them do unto you, you're doing good. You're doing good works. You're being kind to people. You're being gentle with people. You're being gracious to people. You're being... Uh, uh, um, uh, what, what does it mean when you... When, generous to people. It's all the good elements. If you, if you just... If you don't want someone to hurt you, you're not going to hurt them. If you don't want someone to gossip about you, you're not going to gossip about them. If you don't want someone to take your wife, you're not going to take his. If you don't want someone to cheat you in business, you're not going to do that to them. So the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them, do unto you. And if you do that, you fulfill the law and the prophets. And that's what we were created for is good works. And he wants us to be furnished so that we can walk in those good works. The church is the answer to the world's solutions. But in the past, the church has been part of the problem. Many wars have been started because of religion. But the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, they will be called the sons of God, or the sons and daughters, or the children of God. So I believe we're in a time where, where the sons and daughters of God are going to walk this earth, function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and be a blessing to their generation, be a blessing to, uh, to every place they go to. Enrich the environment where they go. Why? Because they are carriers of God's divine nature. That's powerful, but to, to grasp that, you need to spend time in the Word. So the second one is, uh, uh, the Word of God is alive. We were singing it. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Here's the thing. You can get healed by just a word from God. Just a word from God can heal you. It's true. I mean, the skulk says, amen. I remember there was a service where I said someone's got kidney problems. God is healing you in the service. And afterwards, uh, a, week or, a week or two later, the skulk said to my mom, that was me. My kidney function was going down, and now it's restored. It was just a word of knowledge. No one prayed for him. But God, and when he heard it, by faith, he received what God had for him. So the Word of God is alive, it's active, it's working in your life. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, The Word of God is alive and active, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and quick to discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart. When the Word of God is working in your life, it's going to show you your blind spots. Because we all have blind spots, we all have Areas in our life where we think, ah, no, I'm not so bad. I'm not such a bad guy. But there's pride or there's selfishness or there's arrogance or there's, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, whatever it might be. The Holy Spirit will show that to you through the word. It will reveal to you what's going on in your own heart. That's why David says, let the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. He understood that the word will, will reveal to you what's really going on in your heart. And if we can just store up the promises of God in our heart, uh, uh, um, then we'll start speaking it and we will start seeing it manifest. Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you need to get the word into your heart so that it can work in your spirit, man, in your body, uh, in, in your circumstances. If you're going through a crisis, you need a word from God. Amen. 
you know, if you're going through something, you need to be able to say, Lord, I'm going through a lot of trouble now, but thank you that your word says. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of all. I don't know how you're going to do it, God, but I'm going, going to get through this. I'm going to get through this with a testimony at the end. Romans 8.28, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Anyone here loving God? God, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to turn out right at the end. You see, we become so worldly that we forget the word. And if you read the newspapers and you watch TV and you look around you, it's easy to become negative and then you start speaking all this stuff. And you're actually doing the opposite of what a faith person should do. By faith, we take the promises of God and we declare it. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. For he that promised is faithful. He that promised is faithful. God is faithful. He prom what he promised, he's going to do. But do you know what he promised? You need a word. You need a word from God. You know, I, I love miracles, but what is a miracle? A miracle is when you have a crisis and you need God to help you. Isn't that right? Uh, a healing miracle, a financial miracle, a miracle where you're in a bad situation and like we were in that house and you could get killed, but God protected us and, you know... Uh, that person was just unable to do anything. So a miracle is when you're in a time of crisis. But many people wait until they're in a time of crisis before they start asking for prayer or going for, to services for a miracle or something where there's a better way. You already start speaking the blessings of God over your life. You don't wait till you're in a financial crisis. I said to a girl earlier today, I gave her some oil. I want to give that young man some oil also to anoint the sick and to pray for them. Here we go. Don't drink it. I feel like a drug dealer. It's oil. You anoint people and you pray for them. Pray for the sick. Don't be, don't be scared. You're not going to pray them more sick. You know, some people are like, yeah, but what if it doesn't work? You have to develop your faith. How do I develop my faith? By doing good, the, the works. If you, the first person you, don't pray, you pray for doesn't get healed, keep going. Keep going. Soon you're going to start getting it. Soon you're going to start hearing it. Just stay in faith and stay, trust God. If he said you will lay your hands on the sick and they'll be healed, then do it. And you'll start seeing the results. So uh, the second one is that the word of God is active. It's alive. It's working. All right. It's always working in your life. The third point is the word of God is like medicine. That's a that's a big one. The word of God is like medicine. We can we can lay our hands on the sick and they can get healed and stuff like that. But if you can spend time in the word, you can probably grow old because. The word, its nature is healing. It's medicine. Think about all the men of God that get old, really old. Most of them, Billy Graham, uh, <coughs> Uncle Neville, uh, 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 Copeland, I mean, he's old already. Old, most of the guys, they, you know, Andrew Womack, they, they, they surpassing 70s, going into 80s. Some of them are getting older than that. Why? Reinhard Bonker. Why did they get so old? They were people of the word. They were in the word daily. I shared a testimony of Creflo Dollar that had uh, prostate cancer. And when the doctor diagnosed him with prostate cancer, the first thing he did is he went home. He locked himself in his study. He stayed there three days. Just reading the Bible, meditating on Scripture, and he says, uh, after the third day, he just hit his desk with his fist and he said, my goodness, by his stripes, I am healed. I am healed. And he says it felt like a little boom, explosion on his inside. And he went back to the doctor. He said, test me again. The doctor said to him, 
uh, I just tested you a while ago. He said, no, I want you to test me again. I want you to test me again. Same doctor. And the doctor tested him again. It was gone. And the doctor was like, uh, uh, he said, I told you. I told you. God healed me. That's wonderful. And no one prayed for Well, I'm sure he had a team, of ministry team, keeping him in their prayers. But it's by faith in the word that he got healed. That's powerful. Psalm 107.20 says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Uh, Proverbs 4 verse 20 to 22 says, My son and my daughter, pay attention to my words, incline your ear unto my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. In other words, stay in the word, read the word, and keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. It's life and health. You study the Word of God, it's like drinking your medicine daily. You need to get into the Word of God. You know, if, you, if you're having difficulty with that, in the middle of the Bible, it's Psalms. There's 150 Psalms. That's, if you read one Psalm a day, that's five months that you're going to be busy reading the Bible. And then there's 31 Proverbs. So a proverb a day keeps the doctor away. It works. It works. It, there's so much good advice in it, and it's anointed. And if you go to the Gospels, and you start reading, and you start, start wandering the streets of Jerusalem with Jesus, and you start seeing what he did, and you start reading Acts, and you start seeing how the apostles worked, and the Holy Spirit worked through them, it's going to stir up your faith. And you're going to start trusting God, that he, 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 the same God can do things in your life. It's powerful. You know, there's a, there's a young man. I want to finish, but I, I've got to tell you about this young man. I went to share my testimony on, on Mnet, on KateNet, and um, it was a few years back. And the cameraman came to me afterwards. He said to me, you've got a great testimony, but I've also got a very good testimony. I said to him, tell me, tell me, please. I love testimonies. Tell me. He said to me, I was born blind. I said to him, born blind? He said, yes, I was born bat blind. Blind as a bat. He says, and I grew up in a Pentecostal church. Pungster kerk. My pa was a pungster pastor. He says, man, they, they rubber shaka at me. Rubber shaka naka. You know, they anointed me with oil. They cast out devils. They said I'm cursed. They said I've got no faith. They said I've got hidden sin. Man, yes, he, he suffered under the hands of every pastor that came to visit, went for him first, you know? <laughs> and after 17 years, he was still blind. And as a 17-year-old teenager, he said, Lord, I'm not going to listen to the stuff these people are saying that I'm cursed, that uh, you, you're doing this to me because there's sin in my life. I'm not going to listen to these people. What I'm going to do is I'm going to stay close to you and I'm going to stay in your word. And he was sitting there with a Braille Bible. is a big, you know, that's all the books. So it's, And he was sitting, I, he didn't tell me where he was in the Bible, but he said he was sitting and reading his word in his room at the age of 17 when suddenly there was this bright light in his room and he realized I can see. And his sight was restored. The power, the supernatural power of the word. Uh, if Probably there's something we're not doing enough. I don't drink enough water. And most of us don't. And in the same way, we don't spend enough time in the word. Get in there. Get in there. It's not a, it's profitable for you. Don't, don't feel like it's a task. A feast on the word of God. Feast on it. His word says in Psalms, he says, you make us feast from the abundance of your house and drink from the river of your delights. See it as something, it's a banquet, man. It's a feast. Get in there. And the Holy Spirit's going to show you stuff. And as he reveals stuff to you, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. You're not going to have a mediocre walk with God anymore. It's going to be rich. It's going to be supernatural. You know, I used to always swim in the sea, in the ocean, and I used to see kids with goggles, and I thought, oh, loser. You know, and I used my boogie board, body board, or I even, you know, when I was thin, I could even 
surf a little, little bit. Till I almost drowned one day at Banana Beach. I said, no more. Got sucked in by the tide and lost my board and I thought I was going to die. Terrible. Praise God, he got me out of there. But uh, one day I thought, no man, let me just take one of these goggles and I was in water this deep. And I just stuck my head in and I was like, fish everywhere. I was like, I never knew. So now I love it. Where I, I put on my snorkel and my thingy and I go and I find places where I can go snorkel. And it's, a new, it's another world, isn't it? It's another world. You can, you can be right there and not know what's going on down there. All the different kinds of fishies and uh, all the stuff that's going on down there. And did you notice that when you've got those goggles on, depth perception is different also. When you swim, the places look deeper than what they actually are. And it's really like you've entered into a new realm, into a different world. It's the same when you start putting on your, your, your when you start seeing the world through the eyes of the word. It's going to, things are going to be revealed to you. You're going to start seeing things that you didn't see before. It's going to be, wow, it's going to be brand new to you. So I encourage you to do that, and I'm going to pray with you that the Lord will give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts that perceive and understand. That we will walk this earth as sons of God, operating in the supernatural, operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When we speak to people, it must be like the oracles of God. You know, sometimes you will speak to someone, you'll think, what did I just say? That was the Holy Spirit. That was the spirit of prophecy. It's wonderful. So the fourth one, very important, is the word of God is the conductor for faith to come into your life. It, it's the conductor for faith to come into your life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Sometimes you've got to read the word out loud to yourself. So that it really gets in there, you know. Sit and read the word out loud to yourself so it can really get in there. If you don't spend time in the word, you're not going to develop your faith. Faith needs to be developed. It's like muscles. You know, you need to be consistent and you've got to develop those muscles. Otherwise, they're going to stay weak. And it's the same with faith. I don't think it's a matter of having small faith or great faith. I think it's a matter of having undeveloped faith or developed faith. You know, we've been seeing a lot of positive results with cancer, praying for people with cancer. A lot of people getting healed from cancer. Some die. Some die. Here's the thing. Someone that's diagnosed with cancer, they've already got a death sentence. It's already a death sentence. So, the only thing we can do is speak life and speak to that cancer and tell it where to go, back where it came from, back to hell where it came from, and trust God for healing. And... At the beginning, the first time I saw someone healed of cancer, it was a, a bone marrow cancer. I was shocked. I was shocked. I was like, wow. And it happened so quickly. And then the other time a girl died. She got healed twice. And the third time when it came back, it took her within three months. And probably, you know, just like when you exercise and your muscles get sore, there are going to be times that you're going to say, God, I don't understand. I don't understand why it didn't work this time. Just keep developing that faith. Keep developing it. When you pray for someone that doesn't work, don't just give up and say, oh, no, this isn't for me. It's, God doesn't use me that way. That's not true. Stay, stay in the word. Keep trusting God. Use your faith. One day when we get into heaven, God's going to ask us, what did you do with the gift that I gave you, faith. What did you do with it? What did you do with my word? What did you do with my promises? Uh, Romans 10 verse 15 to 17 says, How shall they preach except if they are sent? And as it is written, 
How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The, the, the other translation, the ASV says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the preaching of Christ. So we, 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 we spend time in the Gospels, we spend time in the books of Acts, and we start seeing uh, Jesus do all this stuff, and we hear him say things like, greater things than what I have done, you will do. Because I'm going to the Father, but I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And the first time you read that, you're going to be like, no, he couldn't mean this literally. But Jesus did 39 miracles. 39 documented miracles. There are people that have lived and are still living that have surpassed that amount. Jesus raised three people from the dead. There are people like David Hogan that have raised more people from the dead. And it's not that they're better than Jesus. It's Jesus living in them and through them. Amen. It's them being crucified with Christ. And it's not long, no longer they who live, but Christ who lives in them. And the life they now live is by faith in the one who gave himself for them and loved them. Galatians 2.20. So Jesus said it. He said, hey, you're going to do better and greater and more things than me. And there's a small amount of people that read that and they go, I believe that and I'm going to go for it. And then others are just like, nah, it sounds like too much effort. It sounds like too much work. You know, I'd rather just go to heaven one day and <coughs> sit here on earth and twiddle my thumbs. and Woohoo, I want to encourage you guys. This Man, you have an opportunity. While we're on this earth, when we're in heaven, we don't need faith. Everything's perfect there already. There's no devil. There's no sickness. There's no poverty. None of that stuff. It's perfect bliss. So we need to apply our faith now. That's why we got it. That's why we have the Word of God. That's why we have the Holy Spirit to impact our communities, to impact our families, to change change the, the environment. That's what church does. The last one I want to conclude is the Word of God is the method that God chose for people to get saved. Think about that. He chose the Word of God. He chose the gospel to be the method people get saved. No one is automatically saved. Did you know that? You don't just go to heaven automatically. You know, there's, there's, there's churches that say you take a baby, like that little one, and you, you take them to a guy in a Batman suit, and he sprinkles him, and he sprinkles him with water, and then that person is forever saved. That's like, that's like going skydiving and giving some idiot your parachute and telling him, pack it for me. And then you jump and you're like, oh no, why? Because you let a fool pack your parachute. In the same way, something like that is ridiculous. You, children belong to the Lord anyway. Children belong to the Lord. If, that if a child dies, they go straight back to the Lord. But you reach a point in your life where you must hear the gospel. You must hear that Jesus loves you, that he died for you, that he bore your sins on the cross, and then you need to accept that gospel and receive Jesus into your life. You can't just carry on and you can attend church and do all that stuff. But if you don't come to a place where you hear the gospel and receive it by faith, you're not yet saved. And that is why it is so important that we preach the gospel. That's why it's so important that all of us are messengers of the good news. Jesus didn't just use the, choose the fivefold ministry. We are chosen to help you to grow into your purposes and callings. But every one of us have a ministry of reconciliation. 
every one of us is called to win people for Christ. You know what? I, I, I challenge you to, to every day ask the Lord, Lord, one person. Just give me one person today. If you can win one person a week for the Lord, even if you just invite them to church, maybe it happens here. Maybe it happens at work. But one person a week, that means at the end of the year, you've got 52 people who you've led to the Lord. That's more than some dominies do in, in a lifetime. I'm picking on the dominies and the priests now, but that's, that's more than some people that are in ministry do in a lifetime. Because they don't understand that it is essential that, we, that the gospel goes out, that the gospel is heard. Uh, Romans uh, 8, Romans 10 verse 8 to 13 says, What does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in the, your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For Scripture says, Scripture says, whoever believes on him shall not be afraid. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. I don't care what people's opinions and philosophies are. Think about Mary. Mary has an angelic encounter. How many of you have had an encounter with the angel? I have. I thought I was going to die. It's one of the scariest things you can ever have. Because they radiate the glory and the power of God. You, you fall down like you're dying. You, 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 you're scared, breathless. Let's just say that's a better word. Scared, scared breathless. All right? But this angel appears to her and he says to her, hey, you're going you're to bear a child. You must call him Jesus and stuff like that. And she says to him, let it be according to thy word. But she wasn't saying, hey, let it be according to your word, Mr. Angel. Because the angel was quoting Isaiah. He was quoting a 700-year-old prophecy. He was quoting Isaiah from the book of Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And she connected the dots and she said, hey, this is a prophecy and this angel has come to tell me I'm that maiden. And she said, let it be according to thy word. And the angel said for her, no word of God shall be void of power. Luke 1.37, no word of God shall be void of power. The word of God is full of power. Power to save, power to heal, power to deliver. The word of God is, 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 is supernatural in nature. And we, we all want the supernatural, and we want supernatural encounters, and we want that kind of stuff. But it comes when we start obeying the word. It starts when we, when we start trusting the God at his word, and we start doing. You'll see it. You'll have testimonies, fresh testimonies, always. You'll have insane testimonies. Sometimes I share stuff, and, and I think to myself, man, these people are going to think you're crazy. And some people do, and they go away, they say, that guy's... That's fine. I'd rather be ridiculed or a fool for Jesus. Guess who they're going to phone when they have a crisis? You know, people, people will ridicule you and people will say, oh, that guy is crazy and he, he thinks he's Superman and I don't know what, all kinds of stuff they'll say. But when they have a crisis, when a family member is lying in hospital, stuff like that, who are they going to phone? They're going to phone you. So I want to encourage you guys. The, 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 the nature of the word is supernatural. No word of God is void. It's full of supernatural ability. It's life-changing, and it's always at work in your life. And I, I want to encourage you guys to get in there. Get into the Word. Uh, don't, don't, don't neglect the Word of God. And I said it in the first service. I'm going to say it again. I, I really think this is prophetic. One day I was in my teenager's church, and I, there's a box of Bibles for teenagers that don't have Bibles. And I took the one translation and I opened it and I saw that, oh my goodness, this is, this is a Mormon Bible. 
and I realized, you know what? There are some translations going around that are twisting scripture so badly. So get yourself a proper Bible and keep a proper, like the English Standard Version or a King James Version or a New American Standard Bible or an Amplified. Keep that as a reference Bible and hold, hold on dear to it. Because we're entering an age and a time where they're going to change it more and more and more. They're even going to change God's pronouns. They're going to make the word, the word name of God uh, the small letters. They're going to change the pronouns. They're going to start messing with it more and more and more and more. There was a movie about uh, a guy that had the only King James Version Bible left in the world. Do you remember the book of, what was it called? Book of Eli. It, uh, it was a, it's not a Christian movie. It's a rough movie. But the, the, the whole idea was so true that we're going to get to a place where it was like in the days of Noah where people don't believe the word anymore. And people manipulate the word to mean what they want it to mean. And you need to be so full of the word that you know what the truth is so that you can help your children and so that you can help those people and so that we don't uh, uh, become faithless. Amen. Amen. Can I pray for you? Will you stand with me? I just, uh, I just had a word of knowledge during the service, uh, that someone, I believe you, it's your pancreas that's here. I believe it's pancreas. If you're having pancreas or liver difficulties, uh, the Lord is revealing to me that he's going to heal you of it. All right? So today, just receive it. As I pray today, just receive that. And if you're, if you're struggling with pain in your body and you, you've got uh, something that has been bothering you a long time, just, just receive by faith the healing that God has for you. I remember I, I did the same thing at a church and the woman had osteoporosis in her hips. God healed her. She sends me pictures every day. It's been two years now. She sends me little... I hate those pictures. <laughs> because you, if you get that from enough people, you know, your phone's memory is just like... 128 gigs, not enough. You know, it's just like, shh. but anyway, bless her. You know, she's still healed two years later. And it was just a word of knowledge, osteoporosis, hips, and it was her, and she received the healing. Isn't that wonderful? So let's pray together. Father, I want to pray for every person here. I thank you, Lord, that you are indeed a supernatural God. And Lord, I want to pray that you will come into our lives and reveal yourself to us in a new way. And Father, I pray that your word will open up for people, that there will be a new hunger for them. And as they delve into the word of God, that a new realm will open up for them and that they will have faith for the impossible. That they will say, for man it is impossible, but with God nothing is impossible. Lord, I pray for a, 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 an outrageous outpouring of your Holy Spirit on this coast. I thank you, Lord, that already I, I can sense it in my spirit, that it's busy happening. I can sense it in my spirit that uh, things are turning around, that, that, that people are moving from from dead religion into uh, the works and the relationship of sons and daughters of God. And I thank you, Father, that I can pray for every person here that they will be carriers of your supernatural presence, that they will be uh, dynamic in the words they speak to people, that they will be radical in the laying on of hands and trusting God for healing. And Lord, that this place will be known as a place where you come if you need a miracle in your life. I thank you for that, Father. I thank you also for, for sickness and pain leaving people's bodies. I thank you, Lord, for that, uh, that pancreas or liver or whatever it might be. I think it's a pancreas. Uh, Lord, we speak healing over it. We send your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you heal them in Jesus' mighty name.
Thank you that I can pray for my brother Wilco. Lord, I want to pray for him also that you would bless him. Lord, thank you for the faithful steward that he is uh, in your kingdom and the great advancements he's already made. And I pray, Lord, that a, a greater and greater uh, measures of your grace, your power, your goodness will be manifested in his life and in this congregation. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Ooh, hello. Now, thank you very much. We're going to take up an offering for Robbie at the door. So if he has blessed you, why don't you just bless him? Um, we'll have the deacons at the door to um, take up an offering for him. Thank you very much. God bless you. Let's go have some coffee. It's been a long time And I'm hungry So I wait in the stillness again And I wait in the quiet again When I heard your voice when you said my name, when I heard your voice, my heart yearned. When I heard your voice, and when you said my name, when I heard your voice, my heart yearned. In the middle of the night, in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, my heart idiot. In the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, my heart idiot. Though you're far away, still I'm here to say, I am yours, I am yours. And when you feel so far away, still I'm here to say, I am yours, I am yours. When I heard your voice, and when you said my name, when I heard your voice, my heart idiot, when I heard your voice. And when you said my name, when I heard your voice, my heart idiot. In the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, my heart idiot. In the middle of the night, in the middle of the night.